Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. bowl game everything would be quiet but that's not college football now it is louder than ever at the beginning part of december and ucf is very active hello everybody and welcome back to charge on as always i'm your host sean green and we had transfer portal last week it opened right and we were all excited to see who ucf could potentially get after losing some big time players and We've already found out a couple guys that are going to replace some of those starters. Um, But before we get into all of that, some of our signing day potentially guys that might be signing uh, in the next couple weeks, I'd like to bring on Robert Husby. Rob, I mean, it's been a hectic, hectic week and a half, almost week, uh, with Transfer Portal, the new age of college football, as we put it. How are you doing and and how interesting is it? You know, it seems like every day you're going on Twitter and there's a new guy hitting the portal, new guys committing, and really some surprises, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm doing well, Sean, first off. Thank you for asking. Um, But no, I I agree. I mean, this is like now become the most active part of the season is this last stretch the last month of the season where you're leading up into bowl season you know you'd think like you said all eyes would be on the bowl game and how you're preparing and no now it's not now it's okay you know are we going to retain our commitments you know some of the guys that have committed already are they going to stay are they going to flip you know um we're seeing that a little bit with John Walker. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit of questioning of should they stay or should they go, you know, and then you're seeing it with other teams too. I mean, so many quarterbacks have entered the the transfer portal already, and that's one position. I mean, that doesn't count all the linebackers, all the cornerbacks that have, you know, and these are not scrubs. These are, you know, high three stars, four stars that are entering the transfer portal and looking for new opportunities to play. So yeah, this is the new age of college football where you're seeing some guys that maybe think they're not being appreciated enough at the colleges that they're at. They're going to switch and flip just like that. Guys, basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And yeah, you mentioned it, Rob. I mean, it's it's het- it's hectic. I mean, I think the the big thing that I'm excited about, obviously, secondary to UCF. It's it's very exciting. All the news that has come out. You know, I think fans. We said it on our last pod. I think it was with Nick, and we. I said like, we are going to reload with all the people that you lost at that point, you were a middle of the pack big 12 team. That's just being honest with the players that you lost. 
But we said, you're going to retool, and once you retool, then you reevaluate where your team is heading into the Big 12. And I think the players that you're starting to see, we have two commitments so far, but the players you're starting to see that are visiting, who are potentially committing in the next days or weeks, you could see kind of how Gus is viewing it. And I actually have some really interesting things just based off the players that we're recruiting. I think there's a very good idea of how Gus is wanting this offense to run in the Big 12 and how he thinks this team will be successful in the Big 12. But before we get into a couple commitments, all right, because we, we got some big commitments early on, um, pretty fast commit uh, commitments to us, to guys that we knew one of them like really wanted to come and had some ties to our team, but the other, I mean, I didn't even know he visited us until he committed. But let's talk some of our signing guys. This year's recruiting class, the 23 class, Rob, it's been interesting the last, I don't know, month and a half, right? Obviously, as you guys know, John Walker, he is the highest rated recruit in UCF's history. Uh, the big white whale, if you will, that UCF's wanted to lock down. And we've had him locked down for months. I mean, it's been almost half a year that he's been committed to UCF and he seemed like he was locked into that commitment. There were some rumblings though, Rob, that it looked like UCF might be losing him. He might be heading to the Florida Gators. And a lot of UCF fans were hitting the panic button this past weekend where he went on an official visit to Florida whole weekend. Uh, and a lot of fans were assuming, listen, he came out with, there was articles that said, oh, you know, it's between UCF and Florida. And fans were like, wait, you committed to us. Why are you now, you know, flip-flopping? Which and we texted and I said, like, listen, Kid's got to figure out what he wants for himself, right? Just because you commit to a place, not saying I agree or disagree. It's not my life. If he wants to go take an official to Florida to make sure I'm going to lock my commitment in, you got to do that. But I will, I'll be honest. There was a part of me, and I, I, I think we talked, right? I said, there's a part of me that thinks he might flip to Florida. NIL is a huge deal now. I think Florida is doing an outstanding job. This class, especially, they have a top 10 recruiting class. I think that's going to continue under Billy Napier. Um, if, if you think he's a good coach or not, that's your opinion. But I, I think he has done some good things in recruiting. Yeah, he's a phenomenal recruiter. But, uh, phenomenal. Um, which some Florida fans, I will say, they, they act like he's not a good recruiter. And I'd be like, he's got two five-star quarterbacks or pretty much five-star quarterbacks that just committed in the same class. I don't want – or two classes or – this class and then the next class. I don't want to hear it. But Rob, it's looking it's looking pretty good. Now, we're recording this Wednesday night. This is going up Thursday. This is going up. So December 15th, it should be up today. I, John Walker at this point might have already reaffirmed his commitment to UCF. How big is it? I think it, it's 95% right now that he's probably staying committed to UCF. How huge is that knowing, listen, you had Florida, who we can all be candid here. Florida's got probably one of the biggest pocketbooks in the country when it comes to NIL. How big is it to know you're probably, you're keeping a guy committed, your your highest rated recruit committed to your school, where another school was throwing a, a bunch of money at you, has one of the top 10 recruiting classes in the country. How big is that for this program to know, listen, you're not losing your recruits. You're you're keeping them committed 
throughout. I mean, Caven Call's been committed for literally almost a year. It'll be 10 more days, and he will be committed for a year to UCF. How big is that? And how crucial is that for the coaching staff? And how does it show how they've improved in that area over the last year and a half? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, going into next season, this is the best recruiting class that UCF has ever had. Uh, and part of that is because of John Walker. It would still be a very, very impressive class even without him, but he's the nice cherry on top that you absolutely want. He's the guy you have to build around. I mean, this is your highest recruit ever. I mean, forever. And so keeping a guy like that, I mean, I think it just shows what the pull of the Big 12 is and, and the pull of a Power 5 conference. Five years ago, you know, I mean, if we even can assume that a guy like John Walker even considers, you know, committing to UCF, maybe he just has them listed because, you know, they're a hometown team. But, you know, five years ago with no uh, hope of getting into the Big 12 in the immediate future, he's probably not picking a UCF. But certainly if he decides to commit, you know, especially in the NIL era now, we're seeing, you know, a lot of teams just pull up the back of the Brinks truck to these players and saying, we'll pay you whatever you want. Come, come to us, come to commit to us, come switch to us and we'll make your life, you know, we'll make you set. We'll make you set until you enter the NFL. Um, so yeah, I mean, having a player, you know, maybe not have second thoughts, but at least want to reaffirm what he's doing with his immediate future, you know, going to a Florida where they do have, you know, seemingly endless pocketbooks and they're an SEC team and Billy Napier is a guy a lot of people want to play for. I think that shows a lot that, you know, UCF is kind of in the big time now. This is something that they wouldn't have thought of five years ago. A guy like this, had he committed originally, would have flipped like that, especially with, you know, facing facing a lot of money. But now, you know, maybe he's reaffirming himself and saying, yeah, I am making the right decision staying at UCF. Hopefully that is what ultimately ends up happening. I think I, I'm in agreement with you. I think that's what's going to ultimately happen is John Walker stays a hometown hero, but no, absolutely. I think it shows the strides UCF has made as a program and what a power five conference can do. And listen, it's not always going to work out that way. I mean, Isaiah Nixon, he recruited really on, uh, in the cycle and that was huge. And then he decommits and then commits to Florida and you're like, Oh, deja vu. This is going to happen again. Uh, and Jamal Merriweather, I mean, big time, uh, offensive lineman commits to us. Now he's decommitted and he's off to Georgia. So that's going to happen. But I think what's most impressive is, listen, and, and I've said this before, and you can have whatever you could say about Gus in play calling and or what have you. He is one of the most respected coaches in the entire country. And I think college players, you can't just be respected and get players now. I mean, you have to really know these guys and kind of have that relationship. And I don't think all these coaches have that Gus. He makes these, I don't know. He acts very young. Gus Malzahn. He, sometimes he says it, he says, listen, I, all the jerseys and stuff, I don't care, but the players like it. So I like it. So he gets into that. So I think you see the difference, right? And no offense to Josh Heupel. We've said this, but Heupel recruited, he didn't recruit Orlando. He didn't really recruit Florida. He recruited everywhere else. And he kind of kept his mindset to, I'm going to recruit really good three stars that can fit my system. I know I can't compete and I can't go get some of these four-star, five-star guys. And that ultimately did hurt the brand in the sense that you're not recruiting your own backyard. And that did hurt. But now I think 
you see the emphasis on recruiting the backyard, recruiting Orlando in the greater Orlando area. And I think that does say a lot. And I think, yeah, like John Walker playing close to home, I definitely think that accounts to it. But I also think he knows, listen, I'm going to come in on day one and make an impact. I don't think you're red shirt and John Walker at all. I mean, he can come in day one and make an impact because he's just that good. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a huge, huge addition to this night's team if and when uh, he officially locks it in. And signing day is on the 21st. So we're only a week away and we'll have all that coverage. Hell, we might even do a live stream uh, on signing day because that's a, a very long, long episode. But um, really quickly, Braden, uh, or we'll talk about Braden later because Braden, he's committed to us as a corner. Auburn just offered him. There were some rumblings that he might go. He is definitely going to Auburn, but he's been liking some tweets as of late that indicates he's still sticking with UCF. But um, we'll save that. John Walker's the big one right now. Once we get more information about Braden, once he takes that official visit, probably this weekend, we'll talk about him probably on the next episode. All right. So we got done with John Walker. Let's talk about transfer portal, Rob. I mean, we've gotten two commitments so far, and we're going to get into that right now, but there's a lot more names that we could potentially see. And we'll, co- I see it very clear on certain positions, how UCF is trying to go. So let's get right into it. I mean, I think we both knew, and us including Nick, and knew that linebacker was pretty much your top priority. I mean, losing Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste to the portal, you have Jason Johnson, who really impressed all season long and was Mr. Dependable for you. You knew you were going to have to go get somebody in the portal. We didn't know who they were going to go get. And I'll be honest, Rob, it's not like there's a bunch posted online. that You have a couple players that say, oh, I've, you know, gone I took a visit to UCF and you post a picture with Gus there's not that many players doing that nowadays I mean everybody I have on this list has probably it has posted but that's Antonio Greer let's just mention it Antonio Greer he didn't post that he was visiting UCF he didn't post a picture it was he posted his graphic that he got he committed and that was that but let's talk about Antonio Greer I mean Let's keep it 100% real. Every time UCF played Antonio, it, it was nightmares. I mean, he's he was the best player on the defense for years. Um, he only has one more year of, of eligibility because he didn't sit. I mean, he has his COVID year left. USF played him every year. Um, second team, all ACC or AAC in 2020 and 2021. 2021 was his best year. I mean, it, it wasn't even close. He had um, an incredible year at linebacker. And we'll go into comparisons and stuff like that, but kind of just what are your initial thoughts getting Antonio to commit Um, and kind of the person he is too, if you know anything about him as a person, but I think not, you're just not getting a great player. You're getting a excellent person for this locker room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything that he's at least posted on social media has been very, you know, very um, distinguished, very mature. Um, you know, leaving a rival program, even when they're in the dumps, I mean, when they're in the complete trash heap that USF is in right now, I mean, still leaving a a program like that to go to a direct rival that's leaving the conference. I mean, yeah, a lot of people are going to view that negatively. And we saw that on Twitter. We saw that on social media where a lot of USF fans were upset saying, you know, why of all teams, why are you going to them? And, you know, in a lot of his responses, he was very mature about it. And, 
I, I mean, you can only do that. It, it's never going to go over well when you flip to a rival. But no, as far as a pickup for UCF, this is everything UCF could have asked for uh, for replacement for Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. Maybe that's not a guy you want to say you replace because that is a captain on the defense. It's one of the more experienced guys on the defense. Um, outside of Jason Johnson, he was arguably the best defensive player all season when he played. Um, I mean, a true leader on the team. And now you're replacing him with a guy with with fairly similar stats if you break it down. Um, you know, now obviously Antonio Greer did not play most of 2022. Uh, I think, I believe he played like three games and then he was out the rest of the season with a hand injury. Yeah, four games got the injury yeah. and, and never came back because he yeah. wanted to preserve the, the, the year. Yeah. And, and it makes sense. I mean, this is not an injury concern where you're like, oh, it's an ACL. Like, you know, is he going to be the same when he comes back? It was a hand injury. And like you said, he sits out because, uh, he wants to preserve the extra year. But yeah, I mean, this is absolutely what UCF wants, uh, out of the transfer portal. You want a guy that has been on watch list for, you know, I, I believe he was on the 2022 AAC first team watch list coming into the season. And so, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what you want. This is a guy you want to replace uh, a valued leader on the team, a mature guy capable of leadership uh, on the defense. He's experienced and he's got really good stats to back it up. And he's really, really well thought of throughout the AAC. So making the transition to the Big 12 hopefully won't be that big of a leap for him when he comes back next season. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe if USF got a couple more wins, he would be on the first uh, first team all conference. Uh, but he got second team w- with how bad USF was. So I think that just shows you how good of a player he is. But I also want to talk about that really quick because I did see some USF fans, and I understand, right? I get, especially losing a player to a rival program, you have certain feelings. But some of the things I, I was seeing them say, you know, they were like, I've already blocked him. Uh, you know, you, your whole entire, you know, USF time is tarnished. You'll never be remembered as a great. I was seeing that. And then I go and I, I watch. shout out to Brandon Helwig. He did a really good interview with him and hearing all of the charity work that he did for Tampa and is still going to do for Tampa. He was a guy, not even just a football player. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. Obviously the football acumen is amazing and he's really going to improve the room, but he is very, he is a light in the community and you could tell he makes an impact. He wants to speak with people. He wants to get to know people and make connections and really be a force in the community. And he was that in Tampa uh, and you could see it in all the stuff that he has done. So I don't know. I think that is, I'm not telling fans how to feel, uh, but <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I, I mean, if it was, if we were in a situation and we had Antonio Greer and he goes to USF, yes, obviously we're going to be like, oh, anywhere but there. But first of all, he made the decision for himself to better himself. And also, if I knew all, he did all that for my city and in Orlando and did all the charity work that this guy does, I would not be saying some of the stuff that's that was being said about him. I think this, this is a really good dude. And I think he's going to do wonders for our community and I'm excited about that. Uh, but let's, let's discuss his stat, uh, stat line a little bit and kind of comparison. And I know you said it, like it's very hard to compare, right? J- uh, Baptiste was a captain, uh, was very well respected in the locker room, was a leader on that defense. But if you just go back and you look at 2022 and 2021, well, because 2021 Greer, that was his last full season. He didn't play last season, but Gene Baptiste, Granted, he did miss a game, I think, a game or two. Let's look at their stat difference, right? Baptiste this year had 52 total tackles, 
five tackles for loss, one sack, one forced fumble. Antonio Greer in 2021 had 92 total tackles, eight tackles for loss, three sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. So I don't, I think a lot of people use the word upgrade and they say UCF upgraded. I don't love to say that word because again, you everything's different, right? You don't know how he's going to come into this offense or this defense and play. But I think what you can say is whenever we played UCF, he was the best player on the defense. He doesn't give up on plays and he's going to work his butt off. And I think, listen, you lose Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and you get nervous. We at UCF fans are freaking out saying, oh, we're going to suck. The defense is going to suck. We lost our best defensive player. And I think you could say that you filled that hole that you needed to fill. And Rob, I think, to be honest, I don't, I, like to your point, if there is an, any drop-off, I don't think it's much. I think you're probably around the same level of defense that you were last year. Yeah, I mean, again, the stats the stats say it themselves. Now, obviously, especially college football is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, you know, type of sport. But, no, I mean, as far as we can see with um, – Antonio Greer, you know, he is he does in a full season can put up similar stats to Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, if not a little bit better. And again, like you said, we don't know how he's going to fit into Travis Williams defensive scheme. We don't know how he's going to do next year after a hand injury, after sitting out most of the year. You know, is he going to be a little rusty? We'll see. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm hesitant to use the word upgrade as well. But this absolutely has the potential to be a phenomenal uh, transfer for UCF. And this is like I said. Uh, it can't be said enough that this is exactly what you want if you're UCF. You need a guy like this to come in to replace your valued leaders. Yeah, and he finished his South Florida career with 230 tackles, 23 and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks, five forced fumbles, and two interceptions. Uh, he had interest from multiple big Power 5 schools, many SEC schools. I know he mentioned USC and Cal. Uh, I forgot one of the others. I think it was Mississippi State. Those three were heavily interested in him took a visit to UCF, and and that was it. He chose to come here, and we are very happy to have him take over. Uh, probably day one start in that linebacker room because, again, we needed him and Jason Johnson should play really well together. Let's go to a guy I'm really excited about, and I've been hyping up for days now because I think, again, whenever you get a new offensive toy, it's fun to talk about. I mean, this guy is extremely fun to talk about. Christian Leary, wide receiver transfer from Alabama. Uh, we had a couple guys, Rob, on the UCF team that could really uh, make their case to Christian to come here. I mean, RJ Harvey was his high school quarterback at Edgewater, so they have that connection. He was teammates with Javon Baker at Alabama. So we had a couple guys that really could you know, talk with him and tell him, hey, come over here. And let me tell you, for anybody that isn't aware, this, I mean, when we talk about a replacement for Jeremiah G. Baptiste, right? And you get who you got. This is the replacement for Ryan O'Keefe in this offense. Uh, I mean, commits to Alabama out of high school. He was a 96 uh, rated four star. Um, he's 5'10, 190. So, and he's a speed, he's a speedster. I mean, he, I, th I think he ran, I, I forgot what the, the saying, the stat was. I think he was 4'4. Four, four. Uh, so he's quick. And when we talk, Rob, about Alabama, what is the common theme with Alabama receivers? They get buried on the depth chart until their third or fourth year, and they they show, they show out in their third and fourth year. They get drafted. But 
this is kind of what I want to talk about before we get into Christian as a player. Because listen, he doesn't have any stats from Alabama. Played special teams. Uh, has, I think, only had one catch for six yards last year. Because that's just how it is when you go to Alabama. Not saying this, I, I'm assuming that next year he probably would have been a player in the offense, right? But with the new transfer portal things that go on in the transfer portal, it's so much different now, right? Because the guys on your roster, it's almost the transfers almost take precedent to the guys that are on your roster. So Alabama, they're going out and they're getting the best transfers that they can to replace or to fill holes that they view as weak spots on the team. Alabama had four receivers, I think, four or five receivers that just transferred out. You had like JoJo Earl, um, him, Aaron Ar- uh, Arbison, a couple other guys. These guys are thinking, I listen, and I think Christian could have probably fought for a starting role next year. But what a big get for UCF. And I think... Talk about that a little bit. The tr- like this is the this is the problem with the transfer portal to a degree, is you have guys that are as talented as Christian Leary. I mean, he has two years of eligibility left. He's only played on special teams, but I mean, any he was sought after. I mean, if I have, I don't even know if I have it written down, but there were a, just like you know uh, Antonio Greer, Christian Leary had a bunch of schools that were heavily interested in him to come to their program because it's like you're getting the same recruit. If anything, okay, he was a 96 rated out of high school. I mean, he was in Alabama system for two years, learned all of the stuff from Nick Saban, and you saw how Javon Baker did. So if anything, you're getting a a very smart individual that is going to make plays because guess what? He's getting the opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's where you, you know, see how valuable getting a guy like Javon Baker is because you have a guy that, you know, does have that SEC experience and then he comes over and he shows out. I mean, they basically spammed when JRP was quarterback. He basically spammed Javon Baker every play that he was throwing out, you know, to a receiver. So, you know, yeah, when you have a guy like that, he can go and recruit guys um, that he was teammates with and say, hey, I know you're not getting a lot of time. You're you know, primarily a return specialist, you're primarily on um, special teams, you know, come on out, let's see what you got. And, and you know, I'm sure Gus pays attention to that too as a former SEC coach. So, no, I, I mean, this is where you really see the Ryan O'Keefe um, replacement. Uh, there's a lot of comparison with, you know, the speed, the size. That's where you're really looking at here with Leary where you can get this guy to run jet sweeps, you can get this guy to run, you know, RPO routes and stuff like that. He's so fast, he's so quick. Um that you can get a guy like that to get some separation in the Big 12. And I think that's going to be invaluable for UCF. Hopefully, you know, we're not trying to overhype our offense, uh, the mistake we made coming into this season. Uh, But, you know, I I think of the guys you would recruit, getting a guy from Alabama, even on their special teams, I I mean, Gus Gus and company is going to really look to use him a lot like Javon Baker last season. Um, But that's the thing. He's not even... He's he is on the wide receiver depth chart. It's just they the only spot they had for him to play the last season or two was on special teams because when you have the talent that you have and when they're like listen if you're it's an Alabama, Alabama it's wide a receiver wi- it's a wide receiver factory. Yep, and that's the thing. If if you wait your turn, I'm sure he would be he would be a starter in a, a year or two, but. I understand why some of these wide receivers leave early. It's like, listen, I need to make sure that I am a, uh, I'm going to get drafted. 
If not, like, because let's, let's be real clear. Christian probably is feeling like, listen, I go to UCF in the Big 12 and put up numbers. On Alabama, I might next year be in and out of the lineup, not a starter, and then my final year, I'm a starter. And at that point, it's like not every Alabama wide receiver gets drafted. That's just a fact. So he's looking out for himself, and I think a lot of these receivers are. I mean, I think JoJo, JoJo Earl is going to go to TCU, I think. So it's like these re- receivers know they're valuable. They went to Alabama for a reason. They're thinking they're the guy, and they realize, listen, Nick Saban don't care what your your rating is. He's going to play the guys that have stayed there. And unless you are a 99 overall five-star, you're not playing year one. So, I mean, I'm excited. And listen, just to say a couple of things, right? Um, he was a top 100 crew. And granted, he was a 2021 class. So it's not, he, he's been at Alabama for two years and they used up, they didn't redshirt him. I mean, he played. It, it, it wasn't as a receiver. They just put him on special teams. Top 100 crew out of Orlando. Um, he was 75, the number 75 overall prospect in the 2021 class, as well as the number 10 wide receiver and number 14 from a uh, player from the state of Florida. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the at, at Alabama's 2021 signing class, uh, Aji Hill is moving to Texas. JoJo Earl entered the portal, and Ja'Cory Brooks is the only remaining signee from the 2021 class. I mean, that's, I think that just shows you kind of, receiver wise that Alabama's new mantra is listen, they're going to have to go guys in the portal and they will, they got, you know, running backs out of the portal last year and now their running backs are entering the portal this year. So it's the new age of college football. You're seeing it with everybody, but we're talking about upgrades and I know we just said, right. We don't want to say like, you don't know how everything's going to work out. Ryan O'Keefe was, is a UCF legend. He did things that we've never seen most uh, wide receivers do on the football field for UCF. But when you're looking coming out of high school, yeah, like Christian Leary is an upgrade in that sense. Now, how will he be incorporated in the offense? It's a whole other question. If we're doing the same stuff that Ryan O'Keefe, I mean, in my opinion, you got to send him down the field. I mean, you can't just do RPOs and, and jet sweeps. I mean, you got to send this guy deep and can we get him the ball? Can we throw him the ball deep that we didn't do much this year? We will see. Uh, but I was very happy to see that. Uh, I appreciate RJ Harvey and uh, Javon Baker putting in the recruiting work for that one. Uh, but this brings up my next point, and we're going to get into right now some of the players that could come to UCF, have visited, or we just think UCF will go after. But so Dante Wright, right out of Colorado State, he is a guy that. You know, Stephen Leonard from 247 crystal balled him to the Knights. But here's my thing, okay? And here's my number one, Dante Wright, when I look at his, let's look, like, if we look at his size, right? He is 5'10", 165. So, same height, around the same, you know, kind of intangibles as Christian Leary, not saying they're the same skill-wise, but they do very similar things. Um, he played in a system where it was run heavy, Colorado State, as most people know. Um, so I think, listen, he accumulated 2,100 yards, scored nine touchdowns, um, and that's run first offense. Uh, tweet from Cam Meller. He um, he does great work. That's despite playing through Colorado State's run first offense for two plus years and missing games due to COVID contact tracing and coming back from a minor PCL injury. So he's proved he can be something, right? He's crystal balled to us. 
My question though is again, Robin, I really want, like I need to talk with people and ask because, and I want to get your take on it because if I'm a wide receiver and, and you know, listen, we have, uh, you know, I'm working this stupid computer and it has so many, it's, it's a hassle. Desna Washington, he's a wide, he's a Juco wide receiver, right? Dante Wright, uh, Chauncey Magwood out of Kentucky. He's visiting us this weekend. He's got a bunch of people on him. I think he's got, um, he kind of wants to stay in the SEC, but he visited Arkansas. Um, he's got us, Troy, Western Kentucky, Abdul Janay. He's a wide receiver out of, I don't know. I'm not going to say that college. I don't know what that college is, but that's four receivers, four or five receivers, Rob, that have either visited us or, you know, are rumored to be committing to us. We need wide receiver depth. Listen, when Stephen Martin is on the field, I mean, that shows you that depth at the wide receiver position is needed. But with that being said, I think UCF in the last couple classes has really signed some guys that could make an impact. Quan Lee, Xavier Townsend. And I think you're going to see those guys. And listen, you're signing guys potentially in this class that can also improve that. But if I'm a transfer wide receiver and I'm saying, okay, I really like UCF, I want to go to UCF. If I'm Dante Wright, Christian Leary just commits. By all accounts, your three starting receivers are Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, Christian Leary. Why, if I'm trying to really get on the field, and I'm trying, the reason I'm transferring is to be in a bigger situation where I'm on the field playing minutes. Why do I come to UCF when I know I'm probably number four, number five wide receiver on the depth chart? Why why come? And and that goes for the other guys too. I mean, uh, you know, Chauncey Magwood out of Kentucky. I mean, He's in, a, in an SEC school. He technically he he was the the backup to play. Like he, if one guy got hurt, he was the guy playing. Why do I come to UCF out when I know I'm not one of those starting three wide receiver spots? Not saying competition doesn't win out. Like you know, Christian Leary, you, anything can happen. But you know, you got Amari Johnson on the roster. He was injured last year. Like we've got wide receivers, so. If you are Dante Wright or if you are some of these wide receivers, do you still commit to UCF knowing they just got Christian Larry and they have a bunch of wide receivers? Or do you kind of stray away and start looking at other schools that might have a better opportunity for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to play devil's advocate with that a little bit, I think, like you said, I think you can kind of see, you know, when these guys commit to a team like UCF, they can absolutely, if they absolutely believe in themselves that they have the talent to win out, I mean, they, there's competition there. I don't think Gus and, um, you know, the offensive coaches, I don't think they look at this team and say anybody's locked. But maybe besides like Javon Baker and like Co- even Kobe Hudson, like Kobe Hudson did not have the production we thought he was going to have. Uh, so, I no. mean, any, so anybody stepping into this offense right now, especially with JRP as the quarterback moving forward for the foreseeable future, I don't think anybody's locked for this offense. So I think that's where you get into, you know, where you get into the, over the summer and you get into training and you get into uh, the beginning of the season. And I don't think there's anybody set. And that's where you can see how a guy like Dante Wright and stuff like that could come in and transfer to UCF and say, hey, I can probably compete with those guys and I can get myself in the starting lineup by, you know, week one. Um, so that's where I, I could see that absolutely talent winning out because I don't think, like I said, besides Javon Baker, I don't think anybody's a lock. So it's hard for UCF right now because the offense is so inconsistent. And I think it's not the offense of old where 
I think a lot of wide receivers in the past would have feasted at the opportunity to play for UCF because, you know, they know they're going to, it's a pass heavy offense. It's a run heavy offense. You know, those guys are going to be putting up yardage with the yardage that UCF used to put up every game, uh, you know, under Heupel and Scott Frost. But now it's a little bit different. It's more of a run dominant team. At least this season it was, uh, you know, there's not as much trust in the quarterback to throw. Um, and he does have his favorite targets. So, I see it both ways where, yeah, I get what you're saying where, you know, maybe those guys don't want to come because, you know, they don't want to be just depth. You know, they want to go and they want to show out, Um, especially a team like UCF. Now you're not going to get that production. But I think on the other hand, too, they can come and they can compete with these guys. Kobe Hudson's not a lock, I don't think. Quan Lee's not a lock to get the starting job. You know, a lot of these guys aren't besides Javon Baker. So I think there's an opportunity for guys to come in and and win those jobs and and really see what they can do in a Gus Malzahn offense. Uh, I mean, I agree. And I and listen, I think Dante Wright would be a, a great asset. I mean, I, I just watched a lot of YouTube clips because, again, I don't watch Colorado State football and – when you go and look up some of these guys and you see their stars, and I, I, we always say, right, stars do not indicate how good of a player is. I mean, Antonio Greer was a two-star coming out of high school, and now look at him. I mean, he was, I think, the 15th highest-rated linebacker on on-three transfer portal rankings. So it's like stars don't indicate a player. I think Dante Wright is a great asset to UCF, and he could be if he commits. What I'm trying to, and I, I'm looking at the offense, and – We'll talk about Desna Washington for two seconds because Desna Washington is the only guy that I see on the wide receiver list. Now, granted, we have no idea who UCF has brought in. It could be, I'm assuming there are more wide receivers that we have brought in that are not on this list, but Desna Washington, Juco wide receiver, obviously has no stars, no, no crystal balls, no nothing, but I'm assuming we're not going to get him. He got an offer from Colorado, but and nowadays, if somebody has an offer from Colorado, like we said last episode, we're just assuming they're going there because that's that's how it is now. But he's the only guy that I see. He's 6'5", so he's a big receiver. All these other wide wide receivers that I've listed or I've seen are under six foot or six foot in general. So it's like, uh, or, you know, Abdul Janay, he's 6'3". But Chauncey Magwin, he's six foot. Dante Wright, he's six foot. Uh you know, so, and then we get Christian Lear, who's 5'10". So it's like, clearly they're trying to, I get Ryan O'Keefe, small receiver. Really, we don't have that one grab, go get it over the top guy. So I don't know. I'm viewing this offense, Rob, as they're going to, I mean, not to, you know, say that we're trying to be like, a lot like Oklahoma in the sense of get a bunch of speedy guys, get them on the field, throw it a bunch or yeah, like we know how Gus likes to run his offense, get guys that can get out in space and beat some guys down the field with their speed. I mean, that's kind of what it's looking like. They're just in this transfer portal going after those guys. And I'm sure they would want to get a guy that can go over the top, like a Desna Washington and who knows who they can get. But it looks like a lot of this roster, if you get some of these commitments from these these receivers, are a bunch of smaller guys that have a lot of speed and can break guys away with the speed. And in the old Big 12, I mean, Big 12's gotten much better with defense, but Big 12 five years ago, this offense puts up 45, 50 points a game because nobody can stop the speed at which a UCF team could have and how it goes. But 
Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? Listen, I think Chauncey, uh, Chauncey would be a great addition to the team. I mean, uh, you're getting a guy out of an SEC program just like Alabama. There's clear talent there. But what is your feeling if UCF goes out and gets three receivers that are six foot, just speed, speed first guys? Do you question the thought? Like, yes, you could throw, we're going to throw it deep a bunch, but am I wrong to think we need one or two guys that are, you know, big, lengthy receivers that can go catch it over the top a couple times? Like, bail a receiver, bail a quarterback out that maybe doesn't have the best accuracy. I mean, that, that'd be my first thought is if you can get a Desna Washington, man, six, five, you toss that ball up and listen, if it's not as accurate, at least he's six, five and he's going to grab it over the top of a, of a corner. Well, maybe that's where Gus and Gus looks at, you know, JRP and says, we don't want him throwing deep. You know, we've seen what happens when he throws deep and that's not a knock on JRP. That's just not his style of quarterback. The, the guy runs and he, throw short so having a guy having these speed threats and stuff like that i think absolutely could probably unlock jrp a little bit more because you're having these you know speed demons running screen plays running jet sweeps running rpos and you're having them move that ball fast and then you got the run game incorporated in there i think you can unlock another level of jrp where he doesn't have to rely on throwing deep because you know that's not his strength so I yep. think maybe now what UCS philosophy is, I'm not trying to, to you know, put myself in the mind of what they're doing here for next season, but at least from some of the guys that they're maybe targeting here, I think they are looking at the speed more than the size. And they're saying, hey, listen, JRP, we don't want him throwing contested balls. We don't want one-on-one battles and then having, you know, hopefully our, our one of our tall wide receivers, you know, battle those corners to, for the ball. I think what they're looking at is, hey, let's limit how far deep JRP throws. Let's not have him throw too far, too deep. Let's just run these really short plays, unlock him as a runner, unlock him as a short thrower, and let the wide receivers and their speed do the rest of the work. I think maybe that's what they're looking at more. And I think I, I think that absolutely works um, in a certain offense, certainly for a Gus Malzahn offense. I mean, he's never been one to have like super steep deep ball threats. I mean, it's always been a speedy offense with, with a run heavy game. Yeah, no, it, it should be fun to watch. I mean, and I'm intrigued to see who will actually sign. I'm a little hesitant now knowing that Christian Leary signed, who will actually be like, you know what? I want to go to UCF now. Um, because listen, I believe in the receivers that are, you know, the backups technically right now that are young guys. I mean, Quan Lee, I think is going to be a stud. I think he can be a real benefit to this team. Amari Johnson, I mean, people were saying he was the best receiver coming out of camp, and it's unfortunate he got injured, but I think he can make some noise. Uh, And listen, I think that's where you can look at this team and you could say, listen, they have speed everywhere on the field, and that's where you want it. I mean, that's where you want to see out of our offense is getting your playmakers the ball in the best position for them and taking some shots. I mean, a lot of your players now, it looks like a lot of your receivers – they can easily beat corners with their speed. And it's just a fact. I mean, a lot of teams are not going to play you straight up. They're going to play you 10 10 yards off the ball because they are afraid of the breakaway speed. It's can you get them the ball where they need to? And I think that's really enticing. And I think a lot of these receivers that are, you know, you got Christian Leary, you have the guys that were there last year, and you're going to add a couple more in the portal. I think it's going to be really exciting just to see those guys and how they kind of interact and how they can work in this offense. But, couple people before we go 
there's a lot guys that we could do two hours on guys that could fit. Um, John Campbell left tackle from Miami. He just entered the portal as of today, which was Wednesday, the 14th. I mean, he started every game for Miami. Um, or did he start every game for Miami? Or is that, I think he was started every game for Miami. Um, he was injured. I think last year, um, he played in 34 games with 18. No, this is a different guy. Um, John Campbell he played in 34 games, 18 starts with 16 at left tackle, one at right tackle and one at left guard. That's needed. I mean, UCF needs some guys in case of injury that can move around. Um, he has two years of eligibility. I would assume a lot of SEC schools are going to go after him. I mean, a guy that's played um, a lot of football for the Hurricanes. I'm assuming a lot of people are going to go after him. Brian George. I mean, we. I, I feel like once he commits, we'll talk about him a little bit more. He, I feel like, is a lock for UCF. That's just my thought process. I mean, he came to AM as a JUCO tra- transfer in 2019. Hasn't really, you know, played a lot for the Aggies. He appeared in five games this year, but and made a couple starts, but it was only he was filling in for injured guys. Uh, and in 2019, he was the number five rated JUCO prospect in the country and number two JUCO corner. So Again, when you're talking about losing a guy like Devontae Brown, I think they have very similar height, weight, play style. Um, and I think that would be a guy that you can easily plug in for that corner spot. And hopefully you get one more. I definitely want a couple corners. We need corner depth this year because if <laughs> I can't have what happened last year with some of these corners. Um, but we'll talk about Brian George more once he, I think, when he commits. Um, and go through that entire list. Tyler Grubbs, another guy. I'm not so I'm 50-50 on if he commits. I know SMU and us are probably two, but he went to um, Louisiana Tech, and he's a guy I definitely want. I mean, if we if we get him, he is the prototypical Jason Johnson, Brian Armstrong linebacker. I mean, he had 96 tackles and Rob here. That's 96 tackles in 2020 and 97 tackles in 2021. And then this year he had 15 tackles versus Clemson. I mean, <laughs> and and he didn't he he didn't he played five games this year, Rob. And you want to hear his stats for five games? For five games, he had 48 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and a half of a sack in five games. I mean, I want that out of a linebacker. I mean, five games you're giving me 48 tackles. I think I'll take him. I'll take him. Um, and we'll need depth. I mean linebacker depth is so crucial and Sam McCall. I don't want to spend too much time on him because I don't even know if we're even in the running, but hometown hero, you know, he went, went to Lake Gibson and Lakeland. He, he was the thing with Florida state where he said he was entering the transfer portal, then deleted it. Then he actually ended up in the transfer portal. He has not posted anything. Nobody knows I mean, I'm sure some people know, but I don't know where his mindset is. I'm assuming, listen, he's only played a year. So I'm assuming top tier schools want him. Would he come to UCF? I don't know, but that is a position of need. I mean, with Devon Wilson going to the NFL draft, I think he could come in and fill that spot right away. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure a lot of teams are going to go after him. It's... And the guy's an awesome. a- yeah, the guy's an athlete too. Like I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he's the one. He played 
basketball. He ran track, so he's he's really fast. He's really quick. Uh, so he's like a multi-sport athlete. I think he even played like some baseball too. Um, so he's dabbled in a little bit of everything. But he's, I mean, he's fast. He's quick. He's a bigger dude, uh, especially for for a guy his size. He's like almost like one ninety, I think, uh, weight wise. So I I would not be shocked. I don't know. Again, I don't know if UCF's even going to be in the running for him if he even makes the final four or anything like that. But I mean, this is a guy that probably like a Colorado is going to look like look at. I mean, Deion Sanders has yeah. his name all over him, <laughs> and that's why it's like it would be a big get for UCF if he ended up coming here, but. We'll find out. It's all ever-changing. December 21st, that's when our high school commits sign, and I think that's when you'll see a lot of transfers portal guys sign is on the 21st to stay consistent. Um, but that'd be that'd be a huge get. Um, before we go, Ryan O'Keefe, uh, he's committed to Boston College. Former wide receiver coach Daryl Wyatt is over at Boston College, and he had a couple schools. I think Houston... TCU, who I actually said TCU was going to get him. Uh, I was at least they were in the running. Uh, in Oregon, those were his top four, and he choose, chose Boston College to go uh, back to Daryl Wyatt. Not a surprise when you think, I mean, all the success he did have, um, and probably the relationship he has with Daryl Wyatt. But um, I know we've already talked about Ryan O'Keefe, but what do you think about him going to Boston College, playing in the ACC? I think he is fit for the ACC. I think he is a he is a ACC co- uh, wide receiver for sure. Um, but to kind of close out this pod, what do you think about that move, uh, and kind of going to Boston college and leaving UCF? Cause I didn't even talk to you about, uh, Ryan, I don't think you were on the episode, but give your thoughts on O'Keefe and, and him leaving. Yeah. I mean, first off him leaving, I mean, uh, Coming into this season, I think everybody looked at him as wide receiver number one, that he was going to get the most production. He's the most experienced on the team. He's been at UCF the longest out of any other wide receivers because the rest of them were transfers. And then doesn't really get the production that I don't think he expected and I don't think UCF expected, at least UCF fans. Um, I don't think any of us expected to him not you know, get the, the production that he got. Um uh, there was a lot of games where you maybe heard his name mentioned once or twice and you didn't see him the rest of the game. I mean, he still had some highlight catches, uh, but it wasn't like the Ryan O'Keefe of old. And I don't think it was his fault. I think it's just the way Gus used him offensively. Um, so I think, you know, he's going to be missed. He was a great, great player for UCF. Um, you know, you see, I would say close to UCF legend. I mean, he's had some big moments here. He's been a great receiver for UCF, but now I think for him, I think this absolutely makes sense. Maybe on the surface, you're looking, you're like, really Boston college, really? But again, ACC school going back to his former wide receivers coach. Again, you talked about the relationship there. And I think, uh, Ryan O'Keefe looks at that and says, Hey, listen, my best success came from under Daryl Wyatt. So if I want to get drafted, wherever I get drafted in the NFL, if if he gets drafted, I think he's looking, I just need to have that one impressive season. And if I can do it in the ACC, all eyes will be on him and say, hey, this is a kid that can get drafted. So I think he's looking at it and seeing where that best success comes. And I don't. I think he realizes it's not going to come under gas on at UCF. Yeah, not saying it couldn't have, but I think with last, last season, I mean, if I'm O'Keefe, I would have left too because you don't want to leave it up to fate. I mean, you want to make sure... I think O'Keefe will get drafted regardless. I think he's got the skill set to get drafted, but you need to make sure you are 100% one of those guys. Uh, and, you know, we wish him well, and we'll definitely be watching. I didn't think I'd be watching Boston College this year, but I will definitely be watching. And I appreciate he didn't go to TCU or Houston. 
I appreciate that. I mean, I don't want to have to play Ryan O'Keefe. Uh, and I like, but I appreciate that. Um, a couple other things that we're not going to talk about too much, but just updates. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is visiting Ole Miss. Uh, so, I mean, another one of our guys going to the SEC, not a shocker. SEC school, schools love our guys. And then Joey Gatewood entered the portal uh, as of today, Wednesday the 14th. Uh, uh, me, me and I mean, Nick, me and Nick both said we were shocked he was still on the roster, <laughs> which I knew he was on the roster. I, I had did. no, I, I had I'm no idea Joey Gatewood took was him, still here. I'm surprised it took him ten days to enter the portal. <laughs> I mean, that's my question. If I'm Joey Gatewood, I'm entering on the fifth, but he entered on the fourteenth. I'm like, so here, here's my question for you, Sean. Does he get? pick somewhere else and does he play quarterback again or does he get moved somewhere and stays a wide receiver? Does he go back to quarterback? I think Joey, think? I think Joey has realized if he wants to go to the NFL, he's going to go be a wide receiver. I mean, if he gets remember, the reps, Gus I don't. tried to get him to play wide receiver and that's why he didn't go to Auburn was because he wanted to be a quarterback and look where that got him. Um, I think he's going to be a wide receiver, but I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, old dominion maybe, uh, but who knows guys, a lot of news. I hope, I hope that when you're watching this, John Walker has officially committed and has is said he's going to sign with us on the 21st. I hope that we've got another transfer. We can't keep up. So just this week, we are doing one episode. That's our one episode this week. And then next week, I think we might go to two. Uh, I know uh, on Wednesday, you've got signing day for uh high school like i said we'll give we'll let you guys know our plans once we figure them out uh but that's going to be a huge day for ucf historic class we'll go into all the the signings and who could potentially sign that we don't know yet a uh, lot of moving parts transfer portal all that stuff and then we've got a bowl game in two weeks two weeks from yesterday when you're watching this but on the 14th two weeks from today we're going uh to play duke in the military bowl and you'll have all of our coverage uh, when that gets a little bit closer, uh, I probably have our the preview show on that Monday of that week. But a lot of exciting stuff uh, to look forward to. Uh, Rob, I appreciate it. Do you have anything to say to close out this this long pod with a lot of information, uh, with a lot of players that could come here, could not come here, might come here, might not come here. A lot of a lot of that going on in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, this is it's a great part of the season. You know, the season's over, but we're looking at signings. We're looking at next year, looking towards the Big 12. I think that's that's very exciting to see, you know, who's going to be a part of a historic class, who's going to be part of really UCF history going into their first season in the Big 12 in a Power 5 conference. I think nothing's more exciting than that. And then we go bowling right after that. And you got Christmas next week. So, hey, it, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? It's the, it's the mo- it truly is the most wonderful time of year, isn't it, Sean? Most wonderful time of the year. We talk about players that we've never seen play or pretty much have never seen play and act like we know them. That's, <laughs> it's, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It's always fun uh, when you have to do research about players and you have to figure out who they are and if they're going to be on your team. That's why the coaches get paid what they get paid because they know these players. We research. That's why you hire um, scouts. Exactly. We have to do, we're not getting paid much to, we're scouting because we have to. Um, but no, we're excited. And it's a great, great month. A lot going on in college football. I mean, this is the busiest month, technically, with everything going on. Um, but it should be interesting. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in. I know 
you know, we're probably going to start cutting it down to one episode a week just once the news kind of dies down, but we're not there yet. I mean, we've got a lot of information coming out uh, and a lot more news to share with you. Uh, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.